Mac Power Users, episode 333, The Amazon Lifestyle. Hello, friends. This is David Sparks, along with my pal, Katie Floyd. How are you today, Katie Floyd? I'm great, David. How are you? I am outstanding. And today we're going to talk about spending money. <laughs> we're saving money, though, right? Uh, that remains to be determined. <laughs> uh, we did a show on the Google lifestyle years ago because Google had so many services. And who would have thunk that a few years later, we had several uh, listeners write in, starting with listener Ron, saying, I wish you guys would explain Amazon and, you know, where we can take advantage of it and not take advantage of it. So we started looking into it as a segment for the live show, like a 15 minute segment. And we realized there was so much there that we're going to do an Amazon lifestyle show. Yeah. You know, I have really been living the Amazon lifestyle the last couple of years. I I denied myself Prime for so long because I thought it was a huge waste of money. Who needs to pay Amazon then 79 now $99 a year to ship for free when Amazon will ship for free if you buy at a certain threshold, then 25 now $35 a year. But man, I think Prime is probably, and I'm very particular about the monthly subscriptions that I keep in my life. I'm, I'm quick to cut them. I think Prime is the one that I will take to my grave. All right. Well, we, we have a lot to talk about that. Uh, first, a few housekeeping items. Uh, I talked last week that I'm I'm doing the shirts at Max Barkey after nine years. They are now for sale. And I did put the bad word on the back. So oh. yeah, you have to check it out. A bunch of people are buying them. There's only going to be a few days left as this show hits the airwaves. So Go check it out at maxbarkey.com. It's over on the right side of the website. And uh, that free agents show we've been teasing for the last couple of weeks, it's it's live now. So it's it's a thing. There you go. I'm very excited about this. There's a lot of good information here. I was able to hear the sneak peek of the of the podcast as a as a Relay FM member. I got to to hear it early a couple of weeks ago. Great content. It's stuff uh, that you've been talking about on the show. And so you're gonna you're gonna focus primarily you and Jason Snell on what it's like to be indie. Yeah, first episodes um, about narrowing scope. You know, when do you say yes and when do you say no? And if for no other reason, check out the first episode just to listen to the music and the narrative because it's kind of awesome. That wasn't in the sample, by the way, Katie, so you have to go listen to it again. All right, uh, so that'll be in the show notes as well. Uh, check it out, everybody. I'd appreciate it if you have any interest in the independent lifestyle to uh, to subscribe to that show and let me know what you think. Um, okay, but let's get back to the Amazon lifestyle. And, uh, you know, the, the big thing we're going to talk about here is Amazon Prime. Well, that's so much of living in the Amazon lifestyle is you may not get a lot of the benefits if you're you'll get some of them if you're not an Amazon Prime subscriber. So if you're not an Amazon Prime subscriber, don't unsubscribe from the show. Uh, there's still a lot to talk about and we'll have a lot of power user tips and tricks for using and getting the most out of Amazon. But uh, a lot of these, at least towards the first part of the show, are going to be focused on Amazon Prime, what you get from those and, and how to make the most out of those. So let's let's talk a little bit about Amazon Prime, what the options are and, and what's included in it. Are you an Amazon Prime subscriber, David? For years, for years. I mean, the, the first time I heard about it, I thought it was crazy. It's like, OK, give us. I don't remember how much it was when I first subscribed. 79, probably. Yeah. It was like, give us a pile of money so you can shop in the store that you're already shopping in. That that was the the way it was first pitched to me. I thought, well, that's silly. But but what got me in years ago, and I think this was the first benefit, was it was free two-day shipping with everything you buy there. 
And so I got thinking, well, how much am I spending on shipping? And if I'm buying enough stuff at Amazon that I don't have to pay shipping for a whole year and uh, everything is two days, uh, that may be worth it to me. And we always have been pretty big Amazon customers. So I I think the value proposition for me was good enough when it was just, we're going to give you free two-day shipping on everything you buy. And then they started on adding all these additional benefits that will we'll talk about throughout the show. So Amazon Prime currently, as the time we we published this show in July of, I guess the show is the first show of August of 2016, uh, costs $99 a year, or they now have an option where you can subscribe monthly for $10.99 a month. And that gets you all of the benefits of Amazon Prime. Now, if you're a student, they have a discounted student membership that's only $50 a year. Or if you don't want the Prime shipping benefits, but you only want the Prime video, which is kind of a competitor to Netflix, and again, we'll talk about that a little bit later, pricing on that is only $8.99 a month. I'm not sure that makes a lot of sense, because for just a little bit more, you get all the other benefits of Amazon Prime, um, but they've now broken it out as a specific option. Yeah, yeah. And we'll talk about the differences between shipping and video as we kind of get deeper into the show. But the bottom line is you're looking at 100 bucks a year. And now we're going to start telling you about what you get for that. So you can decide, you know, make your own decision whether or not you want it or not. But or or some people now with this monthly plan, you know, may decide that they just want to buy it for maybe a couple of months, like during the holiday season. Or if they do a lot of holiday shopping on Amazon, maybe just pick it up for, you know, 22 bucks in November and December and then let it lapse. You could do that, too, now with the monthly plan. Yeah, that's actually a really good idea, Katie Floyd. I didn't even think of that. So, so why not, you know, uh, choose as you go or if they have uh, a new series come out, because a lot of times when their series get released on the video, the same thing, you could uh, subscribe long enough. Like I know people that subscribe to HBO long enough to watch the Game of Thrones season, then they're out of there. So, well, and typically I typically only subscribe to Netflix during the summer. So I'll subscribe to Netflix for uh, June, July and August, and then I'll let it lapse again. Well, I I, uh, I throw away money like it just doesn't mean anything. <laughs> and I, I just subscribe for the year to uh, Amazon Prime. And, uh, and maybe you want to start talking about the shipping benefits? Yeah. So what do you get with Amazon Prime? The, the big benefit is you get uh, free two-day shipping on all their eligible items in the uh, continuous U.S. states. So what is eligible items? That's basically anything that most, I won't say anything, but it's most things that Amazon themselves ships to you. So that would be things that are fulfilled by Amazon, things that come from the Amazon warehouse, which can include some third-party sales that are shipped through Amazon. And you'll see on their site that it denotes that it's eligible for Amazon Prime. Um, If you want something that is shipped faster than that, then you can get one-day shipping. You can upgrade to one-day shipping, and that starts at $2.99 per item. So uh, that can add up if you're adding multiple items, but it's still a lot cheaper than one-day shipping on other things. And then, of course, they'll deliver on Saturday and even on Sunday now in my area and in, in certain areas. Um, this this two day shipping thing for me is is huge. I mean, like I said, it was the reason I bought in to begin with, and I still, I mean, and it was really brilliant by Amazon in a lot of ways because then you spend your money at Amazon. It, it's like it feeds on itself. You're like, well, I put my money in, so I might as well go to the place where I'll get free shipping and two day shipping every time. And when you go shopping in the Amazon store, when you're a Prime member, you look for those, you know, Prime the Prime shipping little badge they put on the products. And you'll pick one or the other. Well, and for me, it means that Amazon 
kind of becomes the default place on the internet that I look. I'll look at Amazon before I look at anything else for a product to see if I can buy it from Amazon because I always going to prefer to buy from Amazon. Number one, I have a relationship with them. Number two, I trust them. They have great customer service. And number three, I know that I can get it shipped for free in two days. Now that I've been spoiled by this free two-day shipping, I can't tell you how much I hate paying for shipping anywhere else. Yeah. So you've got a, you got a Blu-ray player? Yeah. Okay. So well, let's say you wanted to buy a Blu-ray player. Would, would you um, go to the to do a Google search for uh, Blu-ray players or would you go to the Amazon store and search within the store as your starting point? No, I I wouldn't even, unless I needed a Blu-ray player like tonight for something, I wouldn't even go to Best Buy and search for a Blu-ray player. I would just buy one from Amazon. That would be my default place to buy one. Yeah. So you don't even go to like a Google search to search for the product. No. And that's, that's largely me too. And, and it's so funny because like I bought with this two day shipping, I bought a barbecue you know, and, uh, and they delivered it to my house. Oh, we should, we should mention what's the, what's the most ridiculous thing you've bought from Amazon with, with, uh, with free shipping. Well, I bought a barbecue and I also bought like an outdoor couch. You know, when you come and stay with me, like you've been promising. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I, I have to sleep out when you say yeah, that I can I sleep you, on the couch. That's what I you're talking about. With the hummingbirds and the squirrels. <laughs> no, but I bought a couch and they delivered it to the front door. And Jeez. my wife came home and said, what on earth has my husband done this time? <laughs> you know, but the uh, two day shipping, why not? You know, it's uh, what about you? What's the, the most crazy thing you've purchased? Oh, I haven't bought a couch. I, um, I bought my flat screen TV off Amazon. Yeah, that's that's when a lot of people do. And um, it was delivered with their uh, I've, I've bought two of them now. The first one was a couple of years ago and it was a plasma and you had to be very careful with those because they didn't like to be jostled around and, and things. And that came with not only free two day shipping, but free white glove shipping. So and it was wonderful because I, I you know, was um, living in a different city at the time. I didn't have any family around. So it wasn't like I, I had family that I could say, hey, come help me deliver this this TV, you know, that I put in the back of my car and, and had it mounted. Um, so that was one of the benefits is um, these two guys showed up at my house and they did. They had white gloves on and they unboxed the TV. They brought it up the stairs and they put it on the TV stand. I was like, thank you very much. Nice. Nice. I think we should have the listeners write in with the craziest thing they bought with Amazon Prime. I, 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 How about tweet? How about we have them tweet? Because that would fill up our email box. Yeah, let's do that. Tweet it. To, to, to ask MPU. Hashtag ask MPU. Tell us the, the craziest thing you bought with your... Um, with your Amazon Prime, I want to. I want to know. Yeah, and and we'll have some Amazon Power User tips at the end of this episode, but I'll try to sprinkle in a few when they're um, when they're relevant. If you buy something with Amazon Prime and you're an Amazon Prime member, and it doesn't get there within two days, if for some reason it's delayed, uh, here's an Amazon Power tip for you. If you call Amazon customer service or chat with them or email them or do whatever and just let them know, hey, I ordered this. I I have. I'm a Prime member. I should have come here in two days. It didn't make it on time. They will actually credit you a free month of Amazon Prime for every time they miss their shipping deadline. Nice. And I'm not real good about letting them know about this, but my dad, who shares my Amazon Prime shipping benefits with me, and we'll talk about at the end of the show how you do that with a family member, he's really good about doing it. And so I've gotten <laughs> like six months uh, added on to my Amazon Prime subscription. Johnny on the spot. I mean, just the the exact opposite of getting a couch and a barbecue is uh, I recently replaced the, um, well, actually, I, I recently installed one of those reverse osmosis systems under our sink for the water. Yeah. California's drinking water 
among other things in California, the drinking water is getting rough. So I you don't have any. Yeah, they're like digging down from prehistoric yeah, areas now. So so I did it and I ran the line to the refrigerator and I thought I was really smart. And as a result, I don't need the filter any longer in the refrigerator because now I have a really fancy filter that's filtering the water. And I wanted to get a little plug to remove the filter from the fridge. I mean, five years ago, I don't even know where I would have found that thing. You know, where do you go to find something like that before the Internet? Um I guess some crazy refrigerator store or, or you find, you know, you go to GE.com and get lost in their website. I don't know. But I went on Amazon, plugged in the model number of my refrigerator, and there it was. It was like $5 with free two-day shipping with Amazon Prime members. And it's just like a problem that's so easily solved because of that subscription that that's why I uh, I don't even hesitate to renew it. Right. All right. Well, we could go on about uh, free two-day shipping for a while. but So let's talk about what else that you can get uh, with your Amazon Prime. And this may not be eligible everywhere, but it might be eligible in your area. So you can also get free same-day shipping in certain zip codes. And you probably know if you're in one of these. Now, there are a couple of caveats to this. One is the item has to cost at least $35 or more, and you'll have the free same-day shipping icon. And typically, your orders have to be placed before noon. And so these are available in some major metro and surrounding areas like Atlanta, Baltimore, Boston, Chicago, Cincinnati, Dallas, Fort Worth, Nashville, New York, San Diego, San Francisco, Washington, uh, Tampa Bay, Seattle, not the area that I'm in. I don't think it's available in your area, but it's out there and it's growing. Yeah. Yeah. Occasionally I do get one day shipping for no good reason. They'll say, okay, we're going to get it to you tomorrow. But, but, uh, but I don't, I do not have same day. Yeah. And then products that you are delivered same day get delivered by 9 p.m. local time. Uh, they also have a Prime Now service. So if same day shipping wasn't enough, uh, certain products in certain areas, and this is an even narrower areas of city, um, there's about 10,000 items from groceries to electronics and basically household essentials that you can get free delivery uh, in a two hour window. And they've also uh, signed up in certain uh, major cities where they will do, Amazon's now doing restaurant delivery. And I guess the idea they figure is they've got these drivers out there anyway. And so that's in areas like um, Los Angeles, San Francisco, San Diego, Austin, Atlanta, Miami, Baltimore, Portland, and a few others. Yeah, you can't fault them for trying. (laughs) They definitely want to become the go-to place. And I think they appreciate that uh, fast shipping is something that gets a lot of customers coming back. I mean, this has got to be a lost leader for them. They got to figure they're making it up in either volume or in the amount of stuff that we buy. Well, we haven't even we, we're not putting this in our outline and not going to get into it in the business show. But it's it's kind of fascinating that Amazon rarely shows much of a profit when you look at their quarterly earnings. Um, the company itself puts all its money back into the company and they're still pretty, you know, they, their stock is still does well. Uh, and but but they don't make a lot of profit. And I guess maybe the whole plan is just to become so essential to everybody uh, that, you know, that is the value of the company. This episode of the Mac Power Users is brought to you by PDF Pen. Check out all the new features in version eight at smilesoftware.com slash MPU. These days, everybody has need of a tool on their Mac and iPad and iPhone that can manage digital documents. And that's where PDF Pen really shines. PDF Pen brings an extraordinary amount of power over your PDF files on your Mac, iPad, and iPhone. 
I open up PDF Pen on my Mac probably every day, and there's good reason for it. It just solves my problems. If I get a PDF document that I want to convert into a Word document, PDF Pen can do that for me. If I get a document that doesn't have optical character recognition, PDF Pen can take care of that for me as well. The thing about PDF Pen is every time I find something new I need in a PDF application, if I just take a look, PDF Pen already has it. But that doesn't stop the team at Smile from continuing to improve upon it. The recent release of version 8 included several nice new features. For instance, it now handles digital signatures with self-signed certificates. You can preview and extract file attachments and annotations. You can even record and playback audio annotations right on your PDF file. So think about that one for a minute. If you're reviewing a PDF document with a coworker, you can add an audio annotation where it makes sense. Another nice feature is that export to Microsoft Word feature I was bragging about earlier now works offline. It doesn't need access to the internet for this to work anymore. If you're a PDF Pen Pro user, you got even more additional features like the ability to create portfolio documents and a significantly improved custom form tool set that allows you to make custom PDF forms better than ever before. I did a screencast for Smile showing off the new features it really is a nice improvement, and if you're already a PDF Pen user, you should be upgrading, and if not, this is the perfect chance to get on board. They've also got a version of PDF Pen for the iPad and iPhone that is equally awesome and allows you to manage your PDF documents on your mobile devices. PDF Pen on my iPad along with my Apple Pencil is particularly tasty. Getting yourself a professional tool to manage PDF documents is now more important than ever, and PDF Pen will solve this problem for you. To learn more, head over to smilesoftware.com MPU. Thank you, Smile, for supporting the Mac Power users. Okay, so in addition to getting stuff delivered to your doorstep really quickly, um, they've also come up with this, I guess, Netflix competitor called Amazon Prime Video. Yeah, and like I said, I only subscribe to Netflix typically three months out of the year during the summer. And so Amazon Prime Video is my video streaming service, you know, pretty much all of the other months of the year. Now, I will say that in terms of catalog selection, it is not nearly as vast as Netflix. Netflix certainly has a larger catalog, but Amazon Prime Video is no slouch and they tend to have some different content than Netflix does. I found that Amazon Prime Video tends to have a lot of TV shows that are available, a lot of TV series, which is kind of what I personally prefer to stream. Um, they do have some movies and some newer movies, but that I find is a little more hit and miss. Yeah. And I think this is one that they've improved on a lot in the last couple of years. When it first started, I wasn't that interested in it, looking at the offerings. And today, looking at it, we actually watch quite a bit of, of television through Amazon Prime Video. And not only do they have a series, you know, existing series, but they produce some of their own as well. You know, like everybody else in this business, they're trying to get their own uh, content to to make it, you know, to get that stickiness for the customers. Yeah, I find that they tend to have certain networks that they tend to have more exclusive deals with. They tend to do a lot with uh, ABC or I'm sorry, USA and some of those other networks. Um, for example, Mr. Robot, I, I, because I don't have cable. Um, I don't have any of those ABCs or any of those kind of second tier networks, but Mr. Robot is a show that everybody in the tech community has been talking about 
that I've never watched, but season one, which just finished up on the cable series and they're getting ready to start season two in the fall, uh, is now available for streaming on Amazon Prime. And it really came up available for streaming not long after the season wrapped um, in in regular uh, the regular season wrapped. So I've been I've been catching up on that this summer. Yeah. And they also do an interesting thing with add on subscriptions where um, in addition to the Amazon Prime subscription, you can get particular networks you want. Like uh, in our family, we really like a lot of the British dramas. The, the British, uh, the BBC dramas are just really good. And um, there's one in the U.S. called Acorn TV that's got a bunch of that stuff, like uh, Brother Cadfell or just, you know, what, you know, whatever British, you know, drama series you like. And so the, I think we pay $5 a month in addition to our Amazon subscri- Prime subscription to get like a full network of television shows in addition. Right. And they've got a bunch of those that you can add on. For example, they've got Stars and Showtime are their two big name uh, network add-ons. And those are both $9 a month. And then they've got some smaller ones like Comedy Central and Tribeca that are 4 bucks a month and Sundance is $7 a month. And there's some others. So you can add those on a la carte in addition to um, for an additional charge in addition to what you get for, from Prime. Oh, like with Acorn, we're, we're testing it. We've had it about three months now, and we watch it a lot. But if, if at some point we use up all the programs and we decide we're done with those, then we can just cancel that and still stay with the Amazon Prime Video. We would just lose access to those shows. Right. Now, Amazon also has a huge selection of TV shows and movies current run and first run movies that are available for purchase or rent that are not included in the prime streaming subscription. But usually you can get very similar to iTunes pricing on these. You can get TV shows for $1.99 or movies you can rent for $3.99 in standard def and $4.99 in HD. I typically don't like buying this type of content from Amazon because I kind of prefer, I prefer to keep all that stuff in the iTunes ecosystem. But if I miss a one-off TV show or if I miss a movie, a lot of times I'll pick it up on Amazon as opposed to iTunes just because it's there and it's and it's easy. Yeah, we, we generally, like you, we generally rent movies on the Apple TV. I prefer the interface on it. And there's a whole problem. I, I guess you want to talk about that now with... Yeah. I mean, so, so the Prime Video, I think the biggest knock against it is they don't have an app on the Apple TV, which is, you know, presumably where you want to watch TV programs and um, they just don't have it. And there's not been a lot of public discourse by either Apple or Amazon as to why, but since Apple lets basically everybody else make a channel for their programming. And we do know there's kind of a little bit of a battle going on between Amazon and Apple over the years. uh, I have a feeling that it's just that Amazon doesn't, isn't interested or isn't making it a big enough priority to make an app for the Apple TV. Well, Amazon does notably have an iOS app, an Amazon Prime iOS app. And so content that you've purchased from them will show up in that iOS app, or you can stream Prime content in that iOS app. And that iOS app did gain AirPlay ability a couple of years ago, but it's still very different than being able to play directly on the Apple TV. And and I agree, that is a, that is a huge downside for me. In fact, Before uh, I got my current TiVo, which supports Amazon natively, I actually went out and bought a couple of those Amazon Fire TV sticks. I think they're normally uh, about $40, but you can usually find them on Black Friday or on Prime Day for $25 and plugged those into my TV really just to have an easy way to access the Amazon content. Yeah, I find it 
kind of frustrating because we do like the Amazon content. And now we have this Acorn subscription, so we're watching it even more than ever. And when we want to watch it on our TV, we have to we have to load it on an iPad and then stream it to the television through AirPlay. It's just it's a really it works, but it's goofy. And also the fidelity is not as good as if we had just the Apple TV plugged into the Amazon Prime network. So I don't know why they haven't done that. I, in fact, I think that may be one of my most desired apps on Apple TV would be an Amazon Prime video app. And maybe that's why it's not there. I don't know. Well, the rumor is it's not there because, number one, there's this tit for tat going on back and forth between Amazon and Apple about um the the 30% cut for in-app purchases. But I don't think that would prohibit Amazon from creating just a pure Prime playing app, from basically replicating the current app that they have on iOS and putting it on Apple TV. But I think they're really not now out of spite. Notably, Amazon does not sell the Apple TV or any other competitors on their store. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, new, you know, big news here. It's a big company and they're going to make big company decisions that aren't always consumer friendly. Right. Um, in fact, we got a part of the outline at the bottom talking about kind of the dark side of all this stuff. But but that that to me, though, is a big deal as a user. And if there was any reason, I would say not to do, you know, Amazon Prime Video. If video is the reason you're thinking about doing a Prime subscription, take that into account because it is a pain in the neck as an Apple user to have to have a device in the room to stream it. And it's a shame because they have some really good content. Um, they also have, in addition to those channels you can rent, they also have their own independently developed uh, shows. And some of them are really good. Uh, Mozart in the Jungle is an Amazon Prime program. It's something that was developed just for Amazon Prime. I'd never heard of it until, I think it was, I always get it wrong. Is it the Grammys for TV? No, the Grammys are for music. Emmys. Emmys are for TV. Yeah, it was. I think it was the Emmys last year. They won an Emmy and had a little blurb on the Emmys. And I'm like, oh, that looks really good. It's a story about this young, energetic new director of the New York Symphony and the old retiring one. And it's it's hilarious and it's not necessarily kid friendly. So don't watch it with your five year old. But it's really good and it's on Amazon. But when we watch it, we have to do this whole thing with the getting the iPad in the room. And as a result, we haven't even finished the second season because it's just not something you can sit on the couch and just start playing. Well, and I'll tell you, it, it's not a good solution, but for 25 bucks, and again, normally 40, but you can find them on sale sometimes. That's why I bought a fire stick for some of my TVs, because that was, that was my solution to getting Amazon on some of those TVs that I didn't otherwise have access to it on. Yeah. I, I just have limited USB, I'm sorry, limited HDMI ports. So that's not really a solution for me, but yeah, I, um, I wish that they, you know, another solution would be for them to just make an app and get over well, it. Well, that'd be the better solution. Um, now, Amazon, uh, Amazon streaming apps are available on a lot of other platforms. If you're not in the Apple ecosystem, they're available on Roku's. I've got Amazon on my TiVo. I've got Amazon on my network connected Blu-ray player. So it's available on a lot of other things, too. Now, even on a lot of these TVs you buy anymore. Uh, I was at Costco recently and just looking at the TV row. As I sometimes do. And the uh, I know it's just about every one of them had the Prime video in addition to Netflix and whatever. They, so they've got some kind of software they built into the TV themselves. Right. Uh, the other thing we should note is that a lot of the Prime video content is only available to people in the United States and U.S. territories. So that's a big knock for our international listeners. Actually, this whole show is kind of a big knock for our international listeners. I, I feel like Amazon has never been very good at getting outside the United States in terms of the deals they make. 
All right. Anything else on Prime Video or should we move along to music? Yeah, let's talk about Amazon Music. I suspect that you might use Amazon Prime Music more than I do, but I will say that with Alexa, I have started using music more. Can I can I say that? Can I say her name or is that going to create a problem for our listeners? Um, well, well, you want to come up with a different name because I'm sure a lot of people have them. Well, she who must not be named. Um, okay. Yeah. So, um, so what Amazon music is, is it's basically a competitor to Apple music, uh, but it, it is not nearly as feature rich, but it does give you unlimited ad free access to a bunch of prime playlists and more than a million songs. And again, unfortunately only for people in the U S and Puerto Rico, uh, it's available on a number of devices, including the Amazon echo, iOS, Android, Sonos, uh, and then Mac and PC. So you've had access to this for a while with your Sonos system. Yes, but I, I never use it with Sonos. I, I use Apple Music. Apple Music in my iTunes library is all I really ever use to drive music through Sonos. Because I've got all my playlists and everything done there. It just, you know, I don't want to have to go through another service. And frankly, as you said, the Amazon Music is not, the Prime Music is not as good as Apple Music. No, it's not. I guess it shouldn't be because it's an add-on feature. I mean, it is. But it does have a lot of popular songs. So, I mean, if you're going to play one of the, you know, top 100 tunes, chances are it's going to be on there. It's probably not going to have a more eclectic or as large of a back catalog. But, you know, chances are if you're playing a fairly popular song, it's it's going to be on there. Uh, I use this a lot more, you know, thanks to my Amazon Echo because I can just tell, you know, the little lady inside there to play and then name a song and she will. Yeah, and that's the only way I use it, too. And, but it's nice because, you know, we have it, you know, in the kitchen and we can just play some music that way. And and we have my family has a lot of eclectic music interests. So quite often um, Echo cannot find the music that we want to play. And that almost never happens with Apple Music. But if you like you said, if you want to play a pop song or if you want to play even a jazz song that was fairly popular, it there's a good chance it'll have it. Yeah, I think it's pretty good for the casual listener. Certainly not the depth of Apple Music. Um, You can now, and this has changed, it used to be different many years ago, but you can now import up to 250 of your own songs from your computer. So if you wanted to go through and import maybe your five-star songs or your, you know, four and five-star songs, depending on how many you have in iTunes, you can do that. Or um, Amazon Music has an add-on feature. Like this is how Amazon makes a lot of their money is they they give you a partial feature for free and then they have an add-on feature. So if you pay them $25 a year, which is notably the same price as iTunes Match, um, you can import up to 250,000 songs, which means you can now have access to your entire music catalog um, through the Amazon Music app. Uh, which will play on a number of, you know, iPads, iPhones, Macs, et cetera. But probably more useful than that is you can also have access to it uh, through the various devices like the Echo. I think this is really interesting, this $25 offering. And I'm sure there's people out there that are not sold on these music subscription services. And they probably have a pretty big catalog already of music they like. Like you actually, I think, would be a very good candidate for something like this. And Apple doesn't really do it this way. Um, where you've got a cloud service where you upload your music to it, you pay your 25 bucks a year and you do have some subscription that comes with that, you know, some subscription music through the prime music, but it's not going to be super great. But if you, if you want all of your music everywhere, um, 
I, I think this is something worth considering. Yeah, I think it is too. And I've thought about this. I just, you know, I do subscribe to iTunes Match now. I don't subscribe to Apple Music, but I do subscribe to iTunes Match. And I think realistically, I might actually get more value out of this than I do out of iTunes Match. I basically do iTunes Match for the background sync of everything. Um, I think the downside to this is you'd have to keep resyncing things up there because there's not really an automatic sync. Every time I buy something from from iTunes, you know, you're going to have to resync everything up. It really comes down to where do you play your music? Like I play, I play the music, uh, you know, the echo is, is a great device and we're going to talk about it later in the outline, but it's not a great sound system. I mean, you know, I've, I've invested in the Sonos and I, I love um, the way it sounds and the echo is not that, I mean, I, and in fairness, it's not meant to be that. So I don't listen to very much music through the Echo and having Apple Music is great because I can play through the Apple TV that's connected to the Sonos or I can play through my devices. So it's just not, I'm just not interested in that. But if you listen to your music through an Echo or I forget the name, was it the Dot? They have a device where you can plug it into speakers. Um, this is something you should consider. Right. Or if you're just looking for, you know, for $25, it's kind of an expensive backup. You could pay for other things, but it, it would be a backup of your music. And I don't know what the international licensing like is is on this. So I don't know if this is a thing where in the U.S. we've got a decent selection and outside we don't. Please let us know, by the way. Yeah, we'll, when we do the feedback show, we'll report back. But uh, for a lot of the international listeners, again, this is one where you got to make sure Amazon is going to serve you with a, a, a you know, decent amount of music. Right. Another offering um, that's, again, not quite up to par with that Apple offers, but maybe good enough, is Prime Photos. Um, Amazon gives you free Amazon Drive storage for all of your photos, as well as five gigabytes additional space for personal video and document storage. So Amazon's basically saying, give us all of your photos. We'll take them. You can upload them to our cloud. Um, doesn't matter. We'll take them. Now, obviously, this is for commercial, I'm sorry, for personal, non-commercial use only. They don't want, you know, professional photographers uploading terabytes and terabytes of photos on there. And they have apps available for the desktop and iOS and Android and the web. It is certainly not an all-inclusive experience as photos, um, but it's an option for, for storing photos. I've been looking at this because I'm going to be updating that photos video field guide at some point. And I was looking at some of the third-party options. And uh, this one, you know, the, the, the plus of this is you're not going to spend any money on it. Once you get your prime subscription, you're in the, the negative side is there's not a whole lot you can do with it. Um, you know, like where Google photos does a lot of, you know, it'll search through your pictures and find a picture of a stormtrooper. this stuff, the, the prime photos doesn't do that. It's just saying, Hey, we have a bunch of storage in our servers, go ahead and up your load your photos and, and we'll take care of it. Um, um, and it's, it's all great. Uh, but I don't think it's really a, this is not a contender as a solution for photo management. I think it's more of a contender of a solution for photo backup. Right. Or photo storage. And it's, I think it's also a good solution for people who are primary, you know, who do all of their photos on iOS. And, and there are a lot of people who don't keep their photos on their computers and never sync their photos to their computers. I mean, you probably know those people. I think there are a lot of teens who don't keep their photos on their computers because their iOS app has the ability to auto save photos and videos from the camera roll. 
So if you know someone who is not backing up their photos, who's not syncing their photos to the computer, this may be a great app and option to install if they happen to be a Prime member to make sure that you're getting their photos backed up and to free up space on the phone. Yeah. And it's one more backup. And with your photos, you can't have too many. I know Dropbox does this as well, but obviously Dropbox is paid for more than the two, you know, two gigabytes plus whatever extra you can get. Yeah. So I feel like this is definitely uh, not one of the bigger reasons to get yourself into an Amazon Prime account, but it is a side benefit. Yeah. And I think for the right person, it's a it's a nice side benefit. So. Yeah. But probably in my mind, it's a backup more than anything else. I want to take a moment and talk about our next sponsor, Fracture. Fracture is a photo decor company that's out to rescue your favorite images from the digital ether. They print your photos directly onto glass and then add a laser cut rigid backing. So they're ready to display right out of the box. You know, they even include the little wall anchor. So you can just drill right into the wall and boom, you're done. It's the finishing touches like that that make Fracture so wonderful. All you have to do is head over to their website at fracture.me slash podcast. That's actually the word podcast, not the name of this podcast and upload your digital photo, pick your size, and it's that simple. There is something magical that they do with the fracture process that makes both the color and the contrast of your photo really pop. And I've got a ton of these. They are sleek. They are frameless. It is a beautiful design that makes your photos stand out and they really match any decorating style. So you can take them from room to room or from home to office and they're always going to work. You can bring a special memory to life. You can give it as a unique gift. You can decorate your home with all of the moments that tell your story. And businesses also love using Fracture Prints to brighten up their workspaces or give us corporate gifts or awards. And if you've got a new business that you're trying to decorate an office, this is actually a fairly inexpensive way to personalize and decorate your office. You can either do it with your own prints or Fracture has a series of custom prints that you can buy. Fractures come with a 60-day happiness guarantee, so you're going to make sure that you love your order. And each fracture is handmade in Gainesville, Florida, from U.S.-sourced materials and their carbon-neutral factory. So here's what you do. For more info and a discount off your order, visit FractureMe.com slash podcast. And don't forget to mention Mac Power users in their one-question survey to let them know that we sent you. It helps support the show. That's FractureMe.com slash podcast. Thanks, Fracture, for your continued support of Mac Power users. Katie, are you a Kindle owner? I am not a Kindle owner. Um, I use the Kindle app on my iPad. And in fact, that is my preferred app for reading books and my preferred place for buying books, but I've never actually owned a Kindle. Yeah. The, the Kindle's a, a good uh, counter example to the Amazon prime video and the problem with Apple TV uh, with Kindle app uh, with Kindle. Amazon has really gone out of its way to put reading apps on every platform that it gets its hands on. And the idea is if you buy a book from the Amazon store, you're not tied to a certain set of hardware. If you decide you want to switch over to Android, you, they've got an app. You can read your Amazon books on Android. Whereas if you buy it from the iBook store, you know, I don't think at any time soon, Apple's going to be making an Android iBooks app. So a book you buy on iBook store, you're not going to be able to read. Well, as you know, it was not that long ago that we didn't have an iBooks app on the Mac or on the iPhone for that matter. They, they've been very, so Kindle, um, so, so Amazon has been very inclusive with the Kindle um, software and hardware. Um, and Kindle, I'm sure everybody knows this, but just for background, Kindle is the the brand name 
Amazon has for these electronic book readers they've been making for several years now. I think everybody kind of looks at them as the leader in that market. If you want a unitasking tablet-like device to read a book on, you probably want a Kindle. And um, I owned one early in the product life cycle, but when the iPad came out, I just started using, like Katie, they have an app on the iPad that allows you to see the books you buy in the Amazon store. Um, the downside of it is it's using that liquid crystal display as opposed to the Kindles with use a technology they call e-ink, which is, I think, a lot easier on the eyes. It doesn't, it's not backlit. You read it like a book. It looks almost like a printed paper. Um, but it, I don't need that feature so much that I want another device in my life. Um, so I use the Kindle app as well. I I like that because I think Amazon has a better book selection still than iBooks does. I like the fact that I can really take them and read them anywhere. And I I feel like it, at least towards the beginning and maybe not so much now, but it kind of felt like Apple got into the books market as me too. And it felt like something that could go by the wayside. They've got a pretty long track record in it now, but this is definitely Amazon's market. And so that's why I've always felt a little bit better about doing them from, from, uh, from Amazon. Now, if you're a, if you're a prime subscriber, you do get a few additional benefits, um, with, with Kindle. They have a, they have an option called Kindle first, which each month they have an editor or their editors pick six new books that are available in advance of the release. So these are kind of what they expect to be up and coming books. I looked at the six for the month of July. I had never, or the month of August, I had never heard of them, didn't know anything about them. Maybe I'm just not that well-read, perhaps. Um, and then you can pick one of them to read. So it's kind of an, uh, and I guess if you're a big reader, that might be a huge benefit to have early access to one of these new up-and-coming books. Um, and you can read them on any Kindle or any Kindle app for free, which means if you don't have a Kindle device and you want to read it on an iPhone or an iPad, you can do that as well. They have another option that is called the Lending Library. Now, the asterisk here is that the lending library is only available for people who have Amazon devices, which means you have to have a Kindle or a Kindle Fire tablet. They're not available for people like David and I who are just using the Kindle app on their iPads or iPhones. And this is a selection of books, and it's not a great selection, to be honest with you, but it's a selection of books kind of like a library where you can borrow select titles from this library of Kindle books uh, it's available to Amazon Prime members, and the books have no due date, so you can borrow up to one book a month. And I'm guessing you haven't used either of those benefits because you don't have a Kindle. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't. And, and to be honest, I'm pretty loyal to iBooks. I've published five books there, so I, I feel like that's where I go <laughs> to yeah. buy books. So I, I don't really use any of this stuff as part of my um, my subscription. Uh, but it's, it's nice to know. But uh, like you, when they first announced the Lending Library, I got kind of excited about it. And if it was a good selection of books, I would have actually probably considered buying a Kindle um, just to be able to have access to those books. But um, when I started looking at the titles available, none of them really jumped out at me. So I, I didn't I didn't buy it. And I, I haven't looked back at it since then. And it's been over a year now since they announced this. Right. Now, Kindle does have what we call what they call a fire line of tablets, which were a little bit more designed to compete with the iPad. They're uh, color screens. They run apps. 
they are a lot lower price point, and some of them get so low in price point, you can actually buy them in five packs. Uh, we actually picked up a Kindle Fire uh, on Amazon Prime Day. It was their very low base end for $35. We're putting together a, uh, a basket for charity, and our theme is uh, reading. So we're getting together some books and some coffee and tea and a throw and those types of things. And we wanted to put a little something extra in there, so we picked up a, an inexpensive Kindle. Yeah. Have you ever used one of those? I've never used one of those. Did we, did we do whoever we bought them for a huge disservice? Yeah. My, my wife went to a taping of Ellen years, a couple of years ago, and I don't know what the deal was, but she came home with a Kindle fire. It's just like, I don't know. They just gave them to us. And, um, and so we played with it, man, it, 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 maybe it's got better, but at the time it was, it was pretty rough. I mean, it was the frame rates and I, I would not, I would not recommend anyone get one of those. I, I know that they're inexpensive. I'm going to get email from people saying, hey, it's just fine for my kids or to watch videos or whatever. But wow, it was pretty rough. I, I think I've been spoiled by the iPad. Yeah, I am. Um, I, I think if you think about who your audience is, though, for it, uh, you may not want to spend much more than 50 bucks on a kid. Yeah, I get it. And, and I, I do think that the Kindle reading device is not the fires where the, it's kind of like an iPad color LCD screen, but the e-ink Kindle readers, uh, they're they're best in breed. I mean, if you really want to to have one of those, I I don't begrudge you at all, but I don't read enough um, of that type of material to, to justify another device. But I am not a fan of the fire, at least the one that I we had here for a while. I think we ended up giving it away. I thought of... I- I thought about picking one up in Prime Day specifically to to talk about on the show, but I kind of decided against it because I figured buying the $35 Kindle would not be very representative of the line and therefore would skew my impression in a in a poor way. Yeah, I think it would have. Yeah. You get what you pay for. Okay. Um so you you can get books with your uh with your Amazon Prime subscription. Um uh, but there's more with your Amazon Prime subscription. And one of those is the Amazon Prime Pantry. And I don't think a lot of people know this exists, but I, I love the idea of it. I mean, this is like somebody at Amazon was being creative that day. Yeah, I wish this existed a couple of years ago. It was It's a couple of years too late for me. But um, Prime Pantry is another prime benefit that costs a little extra, but certainly doesn't cost nearly as much as it would if you weren't a Prime member. But it's basically a, a benefit that allows you to buy grocery type at items in what Amazon claims are everyday, not bulk sizes at everyday low prices. So comparable prices to what you would find at the grocery store. And it's basically an alternative to shopping at a grocery store for certain items. And the idea behind this is for $5.99 shipping, you can put, you can pack a large box of household essentials and it's $5.99 flat rate shipping boxes come in a variety of sizes and how much you can put in the box depends on how large the item is. So the boxes can hold up to 45 pounds. And so you can basically, they say like a six pack of Coke and a, um, a roll of, um, of, um, dishwash or dish towels may you know, be about the same in terms of filling your box, but because they take up about the same amount of space. And these are shipped via ground shipping, so they don't show up in two days, but they show up in a couple of days. And that's basically it, is you see this as an alternative to grocery shopping. Now, you're not going to be able to buy perishable items here, but you're going to be able to buy things like bottled water or dishwasher detergent or shampoo 
or basically things that would go in your pantry or your cabinet. Yeah. And have you ever toyed with the idea of kind of like automating shopping? Because that's something you can do with Amazon. I know our friend Bradley Chambers and I exchanged a Twitter conversation this morning where he he automates quite a lot of shopping through Amazon. Um, I have not. I've done Prime Pantry once because they sent me like a, a free to try coupon where I could fill up a box for five ninety nine and I kind of struggled filling up my box because I, I live five minutes from the grocery store. So Sunday is my grocery day. I go to the grocery store every Sunday. I make my list. And if I can buy it at the grocery store, I, I go there and buy it. So for me, it was it was kind of difficult figuring out, well, what do I need to buy from Amazon at Prime Pantry? I mean, the prices were reasonable, but obviously if you can shop a sale at your grocery store, which I tend to try to buy things when they're on sale or in the flyer, you're going to get better prices. Um, I, I, can I just say that I, I, I think it's delightful that you know what day you're going to the grocery store every week. Yeah, I go every Sunday, about 11 o'clock That's in the morning. Good. I I can't. I I have kids, teenagers. I don't know. I'm always got to go for something. I'm all about routine. Um, the, uh, but, but you can with Amazon, like you can subscribe to a product and a lot of times they'll give you a discount if you do that. Well, that's not, that's not prime pantry. That's subscribe and save. That's something different, but prime pantry. Have you used it at all? No, I've used it a couple of times. I can walk to the market from my house and, and I am going frequently. So, uh, where they lost me was the ship time. You know, when I saw this ground shipping, I'm like, eh, I don't think I want to deal with that. Right. I um, I used to live in, I lived in Washington for a little while. Uh, it, it was back in, actually, it was right after. Wait a second. I, I never knew you this. You never knew this? I, I um, okay, so here's a little bit of Katie History 101. Um, shortly after September 11th, um, and I can tell you that whole story later, uh, I did a, um, I worked in Washington, D.C. I worked in Capitol Hill. Oh, I thought you meant Washington State. I did know you worked yes, in Washington. Yes, I worked on Capitol okay. Hill in Washington, D.C. Um, yeah. So this was like, I mean, the internet was new. Blogging was not really a thing back in, in two, when I was up there. And um, I lived in, let's just say, a not great area of Washington, D.C. I lived eight blocks from the Capitol, which um, the grocery store, I, I don't think I told my parents this at the time when I was up there. Uh, the grocery store that we shopped at was, uh, and I did not have a car, but it was it was about a mile or so away, so I had to walk to the grocery store. And when we got to the grocery store the first time, they had a security guard in the grocery store who was in a little cubicle thing behind bulletproof glass. And I was like, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The security guard needs bulletproof glass. Maybe I don't want to go to this grocery store. Well, that was I mean, there was not really <laughs> another option. So I only went during the day, you know, like early in the morning when I figured typically all the bad guys were still asleep. Um, and I tried to only go once every two weeks. So I would limit my exposure to whatever was happening in that grocery store. So this would have been great for you back then. It would have been great. Well, because I mean, because I was walking, I could only, you know, shop for as much as I could carry. Um, so, yeah, it was interesting. But, yeah, this would have been this would have been great. There were a few grocery delivery services going on back then, but I tried one once and it was just so, so expensive. Yeah, that was the before the first, uh, you know, big boom or bubble burst on the Web that groceries. Yeah. What was the name of it? I think I think Peapod was what it was called. No, there was another one, too, on the West Coast that was super popular or at least it seemed like it. And they they failed with the bubble, the first bubble. Yeah, they failed. The, the, these guys failed, too. But. Uh, apparently it was popular because people didn't want to go to the grocery store with a bulletproof glass. 
And, you know, if anybody can make it happen these days, it would be Amazon. I mean, that's their specialty is, is delivering. So why not? Right. So there are a couple of other miscellaneous perks. Um, one is the dash button. Have you gotten a dash button yet from Amazon? I, I looked at them and I didn't see anything that I wanted to dash over. So I didn't get any. But OK, so talk about it, though. So the dash button is a, is a little clicker that you can buy and they're specifically tied to certain products. So, for example, you could get a Tide dash button or you could get a Gillette dash button or a Glad dash button. And they've they've got dozens of them now. And they cost uh, like $5, but when you buy them, you get a $5 credit. And so if you buy the Tide Dash button, then they give you a list of the type of products that you, you set it up and tell it what type of product you want it to buy. And so the tie, I use Tide Laundry Detergent. So the Tide Dash button probably has half a dozen or more products that you can buy to it. You can buy like the Tide liquid detergent, you can buy the Tide pods, you can buy the Tide free and clear that's for, you know, people with allergies, you can buy all kinds of different Tide products with it. The The problem that I had with the dash button is in these things you so what happens is when you're the idea is you put them next to the product that you're you're buying. So when you go to reach for the laundry detergent, and you use the last one, you hit the dash button. The dash button communicates wirelessly through your wireless router to Amazon and orders the item that you've preset it up to ship to you. And it is shipped via Prime. So it's shipped via two day shipping. And two days later, whatever you've set it up, like your Tide Pods, will magically arrive. Now, the downside to the dash button is because these things are shipped via Amazon Prime, not necessarily by Prime Pantry. They're, they're making you order larger quantities of things. So you can't just order 25 trash bags. You know, you have to order, you know, the, the much larger pack. And so the problem that I had with the, with the dash button is most of the things that you tied to it uh, were fairly expensive. So unless it was something that you were ordering very frequently, um, it didn't seem to make a lot of sense. I think it might make more sense maybe in an office context, if you can find something that your office is ordering quite frequently, but maybe you don't necessarily have the office space to keep a lot of stock in. But the the quantity of items that you're ordering tend to be fairly large because, again, they're shipping it via Prime, so they're only going to ship something that's a little larger and a little more expensive. Yeah. I, and you got to want – it's a very particular item, but the idea is great. I mean, you're running out of dishwasher detergent, and you push a button, and there's more on your doorstep in a couple days. I mean, perfect, right? I, I, I always laughed when this product came out thinking about people with kids, right? <laughs> you know? There's there's a fail-safe built in for that. Oh, is there? Yeah. How, does that, how does that manage that? So the concern is – so you and, and they can – tie these things to a bunch of things like they have one that's tied to mac and cheese so let's say you've got your mac and cheese dash button oh yeah if i had one of those with my kids they would have been ordering it every day <laughs> back in yeah. back when they were little <laughs> so so the fail safe for that is once you push the button because you never know who pushes the button if you use the last of the laundry pods you push the button but then if your spouse comes in behind you and sees that you're out of laundry pods do they push the button again um, or do your kids who notice you're out of mac and cheese just push the button relentlessly? Um, so the fail safe that's that's been set up in there um, is that you can set Amazon to alert you when the button's been pushed and then you have so much time to cancel the order. And it will not let you reorder an item again until after the order you've has arrived. So it keeps people from like pushing it seven or eight times, you know, 
while something's already pending. So if I had the mac and cheese one back when my girls were little, I would just got a new box of mac and cheese every two days. That's what you're telling me. <laughs> every three days, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, you know. But, and it wouldn't, it wouldn't be one box of mac and cheese. It'd be like a 20 pack of mac and cheese. That yeah. So I'd, I'd have a lot of mac and cheese. Yes. <laughs> which they would have been fine with. Um, I, uh, the, I'll tell you that there, there's a couple of reasons. Uh, they, every time I look at it, cause I, I kind of want to get one cause I'm a nerd. I just want to have a button in my house where I can push and things will arrive on my doorstep. I mean, who doesn't want that? Um, but I just don't see anything in there that I want the type of detergent we use. And we've kind of got that stuff worked out, uh, already. But the other thing is, uh, the echo really solves this problem because you can make reorders on the echo with your voice, which is pretty convenient too. And we'll get to that. I keep saying that, yeah. but we're going to get to it. Well, I've thought about it for whatever reason. I always run out of trash bags and maybe it's because I only go to the grocery store once a week, but I'll pull the last trash bag out of a container. And then if I put it on my grocery list, maybe I haven't gone back to the grocery store since I pulled the last one out. And so I am always running into the problem where I'm using like, um, you know, spare bags that I have around the house is fake grocery bags for or fake trash bags for a couple of days until I make it to the grocery store. So I think a dash button might come in handy with uh, with trash bags. The problem is, is the trash bags that you have to order are like a 96 pack of trash bags. And, I, you know, I don't want I don't want that many trash bags hanging around my house. Yeah, the way I solve that problem is I just pull out my phone and I say, hey, you know who uh, add trash bags to my grocery list and then or tar actually I buy them at Target. So I have a Target list. And then the next time I go to Target, I just I always open that list when I go there. So but, you know, maybe having it just delivered would be nice. This episode of the Mac Power Users is brought to you by Squarespace, the simplest way for anyone to create a beautiful landing page, website or online store. Start building your website today at squarespace.com and get 10% off your first purchase with the offer code MPU. Recently, I was in a room full of lawyers and something related to the day job, and we got on the subject of websites. So, of course, everybody started pulling out their phones and iPads and looking at each other's websites, and we started critiquing them. And as we talked about it, everybody agreed that mine was one of the better ones. And then everybody started talking about how much money they spent on their websites. And people were spending like thousands of dollars to get their websites built. And it came around to me and I said, yeah, I just built it myself. And everybody's jaw dropped. Then I got to share with them the magic that is Squarespace. Squarespace is a website platform that's both easy to use and beautiful. Using Squarespace, anybody can make a beautiful, fast and efficient website without having to have a degree in building websites. Start with one of their professionally designed templates and go from there. There's no coding required. And if I can make a beautiful website, so can you. But there's more to Squarespace than just a pretty face. Squarespace will also take care of hosting your website. With Squarespace taking care of the back end, you don't have to worry about the site going down or getting slammed with too much traffic. Everything's scalable and they always take care of you. I've been using Squarespace at Max Sparky and SparkCSQ.com for years, and I've never had a problem. I remember when they had those huge storms in New York where Squarespace at that time had many of its servers. The employees were literally carrying cans of gasoline up the stairs to the generators to make sure everything kept working despite Mother Nature. But this is just getting started. They have so many great features like 24-7 support with live chat and email, they have an entire commerce platform that allows you to sell things pain-free. 
and their sites are designed to look good on any platform they're being displayed on. So you'll look just as good on an iPhone as you will on a 27-inch iMac. Plans start at just $8 a month, and if you sign up for a year, you also get a free domain name, allowing you to choose exactly what you want your site to be called. So head over to squarespace.com and start your free trial with no credit card. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code MPU to get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for the Mac Power users. Squarespace is my secret weapon for making beautiful websites. You should make it your secret weapon too. So now that we've talked about Dash and having things magically come to your house at the push of a button, this may be a good time to go ahead and talk about subscribe and save, which is what you wanted to talk about earlier where you can set things to come up on a rotation. Yeah, so just gaming the system for you. Uh, paper towels, you know, we we kind of figured out how many paper towels we use, and we figured out about every two months we need to reorder paper towels. And that was a problem that we would solve by going to Target and buying paper towels when we ran out. But why not have the computer just take care of that problem for you? And it, it depends on the type of product you use because you're going to have to determine if you can set a regular basis. You don't want to have boxes and boxes of these things piling up. But if you can say every two months or every three months or whatever, we're going to need more of this consumable product, um, you can go on Amazon and and subscribe and save. And you can set the subscription period and you just click on it and they usually drop the price, you know, some a few bucks or what you know, it's relative to the, the cost of the item. But then you're going to get a new shipment every once in a while. And that's pretty nice. Yeah, I was having, like I said, a Twitter conversation uh, with Bradley Chambers this morning about subscribe and save because he says that he uses it all the time and he's got a dozen or more things uh, set up on subscribe and save that he just doesn't want to think about. You know, he says he's got toilet paper and shampoo and those types of things set up on subscribe and save. And if you can sync up those types of things, that makes a lot of sense because the the beauty with subscribe and save is the more things that you subscribe to and that because they ship them on a particular day in a month. So if you can subscribe to, I think it's five or more things in any particular month, they'll discount everything in that order because obviously they save on shipping by shipping them in in bulk in any particular month. And unfortunately, I've just never been able to really sync all of that up to figure out what makes the most sense for me. I have a couple of things on subscribe and save, like the particular brand of vitamins that I like Amazon has. And I, I know that, you know, they're 90 vitamins in that pack. And so I go through them every three months. So I have those set up on a, on a three month subscribe and save. But I guess that just goes to show you that unless there's something I take once a day, every day for 90 days, I haven't been able to figure out the math yet of when do I need shampoo and when do I need, you know, paper towels and those types of things. But I think it would, I, I think it would be smart if I could. And I think the reason I haven't been able to figure that out is because I don't order those things on Amazon. So I can't go back through my order history and figure out when was the last time I ordered shampoo or when was the last time I ordered paper towels. Yeah. And this is unlike the the button, you can almost everything they sell that's a consumable can lend itself to this. Like I, there's a certain kind of energy bar I like that I quite often eat for breakfast. So I go through them pretty quickly. So I've subscribed to those and I don't really think about it. I mean, I don't really run out of them, but I don't have a whole bunch on stock either because I've got that figured out Um, for the razors. There's some stuff I get, you know, for my shaver and it's the same thing. So I would encourage you to look into this if you're a subscriber. Do you have to be a prime subscriber to get this? I think you do. Uh, I thought you did. Yeah. Um, But 
but I would encourage you to think about it because, you know, one of the things about the Mac power users is we're trying to find ways to have technology take care of little things for you so you can worry about big things and restocking paper towels and shaving materials and energy bars is not something that you should have to worry about. Right. So Ooh, I did, I did think of two other things I could subscribe and save, um, uh, water filters and, uh, toothbrush heads, you know, like those, uh, because those are things that you, that if they come every six months, you'll replace them, but you probably won't if they don't come. And it, it also can serve as a reminder that, Hey, you need to do this. Yeah. And um, there's a lot of stuff you can do that way. And I think that it's part of the, the issue here is you start when you get the the prime subscription and you get free shipping, then suddenly a bunch of stuff that never made it sense to buy on the Internet before now makes sense to buy. I mean, I never bought paper towels on the Internet until we got a prime subscription because who on earth would pay shipping for paper towels when you can get in your car in five minutes and be in the store and buy them? But when they can just show up on your doorstep and it doesn't cost you any more that's when it becomes an option. Well, all right. I'm going to have to investigate more things on subscribe and save. I've got a couple, but if I could add a couple more, then I know I would save more because I haven't hit the threshold yet to save the 15%. All right. When you get to the live show, I want to hear, because I, 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 I could see you actually going way overboard on this and just like all of your stuff just shows up. Like you're going to order cheese on subscribe and save. I could see that happening, Katie. <laughs> I don't know. Cause a cheese is perishable. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I, I could see you going that way. I don't think so. All right. Um, so subscribe and save is, is. Oh, but we should, we should mention that not all products on Amazon are eligible for subscribe and save. No, basically it's consumables. Like um, even just like paper. Like I have, I run my, my day job from my house and I order paper for the printer. I know about how long it takes me to use up my paper and it just restocks for me. I don't have to think about it. Consumables are the, are the things that lend themselves to it. And that's where they, they, they have the button available to you most of the time. Hey, you know, another thing that a lot of people consume, especially young families, what diapers. Yeah. That'd be a good one. Um, Amazon, knows this. In fact, I think Amazon actually bought diapers.com, but Amazon does have discounts. They particularly have a, a category for babies and families. So there's a whole nother subset of Amazon uh, specifically, and they offer uh, discounts uh, for Amazon family, and you can get 20% off diapers through subscribe and save and 15% off uh, a lot of baby products through your baby registry. Yeah. And babies consume products. <laughs> I'll tell you they that. do. They do. They're not the, uh, they do. You know what they should do? Um, they should have a subscribe and save for iPads for me. So I could just have a new one show up just every couple Every months. year it shows up? Yeah. <laughs> Clearly. Um, what are some of the other perks? So other, these are just kind of miscellaneous perks that you can get with Amazon. Uh, Amazon now owns Audible. So if you are not a current Audible member, you can get a three-month free trial of Audible from if you're an Amazon Prime member. Um, they also, because of their affiliation with Audible, there are a lot of times that when you buy an ebook, that you can get the accompanying audiobook at a significant discount, which is nice because sometimes I like to read a little, then listen a little, then read a little, then listen a little, um, and it will sync that up for you. And a nice feature uh, with the Audible is the way it also syncs with the Echo, where you can have it read your book to you, which is kind of nice. Right. Um other perks that Amazon subscribe members get is Amazon will occasionally regularly uh, run lightning deals, which are basically um, deals that are available for a limited time, either until the product sells out 
um, or for limited time on certain products. And a lot of these are kind of hokey, but some of them can be good deals. And I found a, a couple of especially good lightning deals on Black Friday. And I bought several items on Black Friday that were lightning deals for family members for Christmas. And if you're an Amazon Prime member, you can get early access to those lightning deals. You get access to those deals 30 minutes before just normal Amazon members. And if it's a particularly good lightning deal, and every once in a while they have a particularly good one, those sell out quickly. And sometimes the difference of being able to get it or not is whether or not you have access to the early access. Yeah, it beats camping out at Best Buy. Let's just put it that way. Um, also they have a lot of deals only for prime members. I mean, we, as we record this, we just recently had Amazon prime day. I, I don't know. Is it a set day every year or do they? Just... It's typically in July. Yeah. Typically in the summer. Yeah, so they had a bunch of good deals on a lot of things in just about every category. And related to that, occasionally they'll have uh, prime only, um, sales. So for example, I've, I've been wanting some Bluetooth headphones, And I haven't quite known what to buy or when to buy them or how much I wanted to spend because, you know, rumors are the new iPhone is not going to have a headphone port. Who knows what's going on? But a lot of my friends on Twitter were tweeting about these uh, Jaybird X something, X2 headphones, I think. X2s, yeah. Yeah. So I picked those up. I actually like them. And um, they were on sale. They were normally like 120 bucks, and they were on sale for Prime members only. And it was not Prime Day, but it was a Prime special for $79. So I was able to get them. Uh, for $79 because I was a prime member. How did you, how, how were you aware of that, that the sale was on Twitter? Yeah. It was just a bunch of our Twitter friends were mentioning it that, Hey, if you don't have these, these are a great deal. I've loved mine. Things like that. Yeah. Um, one of the things, and I'm going to go a little bit out of order, David, but I want to talk about is that now that we've talked about all of these prime benefits, you can share those benefits with a family member. And the way that you can do this has changed. It used to be that you could share your free shipping benefits with up to five other people. And if you've previously done this, I think you're grandfathered in up until the fact that up until the time that you change something. Um, but now the way that it works is that prime select prime benefits can be shared between two adults in a household. And I think they use the term household loosely. So Uh, take that for what you will. Uh, But basically what that allows you to do is to share your prime benefits with one other person in your family. And this is better and worse than the old way that you could share prime. It's, it's better that the people can get access to a bunch of different prime benefits, not only free shipping, but also access to prime video, early access to lightning deals, online storage, access to the lenders library, access to the baby registry and those types of things. You know, it's worse because it's obviously Um, it's only one other person as opposed to you could previously share the shipping with five other people. Yeah. I, I, when I first got, when they first announced this feature of sharing, and this was before the original sharing, um, I shared with my sisters and to this day, they still use it. I, when I saw they came out the new one, I looked into it and I'm keeping my grandfathered in shipping sharing. Now who knows if that will go away at some point, but I think if you've got it, you can keep it. Yeah, if they do, that'll be sad. Then they'll have to get their own subscriptions, I guess. But, you know, for now. Well, if it goes away, then only one of my chosen family members is going to be able to get all these these yeah. prime benefits. But there there are more benefits available, but they're, you can only share with one person. 
Right. Um, it does require creating a household through your Amazon account. And that's basically a check and balance because before it was easy. You could invite anybody to share and it basically just required an email address. Um, now you have to create a household through your Amazon account and it requires some verification. And we put a link in the show notes with directions to all of that. But the short version of this is, is you can now kind of, you can share Prime. And if that other person is willing, you could potentially maybe between the two of you share the cost for it. I don't know that they would really take away the older system. I guess there must be a reason for it because all they're giving you is free shipping. And the uh, and that means that those people are spending money with you. You know, they're, they're buying stuff from you. Oh, yeah. I shared mine with both of my parents. I shared it with my mom originally. And my dad said that he had to have it, too. And I said, well, don't you use mom's Amazon account? And they said, no, they each have their own. So they've both got it. And now they spend a ton of money on Amazon. So I think Amazon's made money off the deal. Yeah. But you can share it. So uh, if you've got an account and you're not sharing it, why not? You know, get somebody on there. Take advantage of it. Do a favor for a family member. I want to thank our next sponsor, Igloo. And Igloo knows that work is not necessarily a location. In fact, your team can be together, but yet still halfway across the world. Kind of like Sparky and I are right now when we're recording this podcast. Igloo is a modern internet designed to keep everyone together on the same page. You can share files, have real conversations in real time, and do it all in a way that still gives you the ability to use all the apps that you love, like Box, like Google Drive, and Skype. Igloo brings everything together in a way that creates a single destination and lets you focus on your work. Put simply, Igloo is the internet that you'll actually like. Try it out today at igloosoftware.com slash users And thanks so much to Igloo for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, let's talk about the Echo. We could probably, I, I don't know, I spend, feel like we could spend a lot of time talking about the Echo, but we won't because I know we're, we're already over an hour into this. And, we, and we've talked about it on the live show, but we've never really, you know, given it a, a special treatment. Um, the Echo is a device that Amazon made. You know, Amazon is interesting. Their hardware department makes these devices and some of them work and some of them don't. And they're, they're kind of fearless about putting them out there to see what happens. I mean, the, the Kindle started out as an experiment and now it's a real viable product. Then they did like a phone that was terrible. And like the, I think the fire tablets are pretty bad, but the echo is a winner and it's a, uh, the, the idea behind it, it's a, it's a speaker and a series of microphones and a cylindrical object about the size of two cans of Coke standing on top of each other. And you put it in your house and you connect it to your Amazon account and it, it's always listening and you use the magic word. And we've said it before. I'll just say, I'll say it once Alexa. And as I say that something's happening in my bedroom right now. So uh, it's a, once you say that it starts listening, the microphone turns on and then you can ask it to do things. You can ask it, what's the temperature going to be? You can ask it, um, you know, to do math or what time is it in London? You can all kinds of things, basically a bunch of the Siri functions, but it also has a lot of shopping and other things built into it that would make sense for something being made by Amazon. And when they first announced it, everybody wasn't sure what to think of it. And everybody that's got one generally likes them. Katie has one. I like them. And you like it, right? I not only have an echo, I have a tap too. Yeah. Okay. So you've got two of them in your Wait, house. Wait, no, a dot. I have a dot. Okay. Well, let's talk about that for a minute. So there's there's uh, three different products. The first one is the original Echo, and that's the one that has the built-in speaker. That's the most expensive. Uh, don't I think it was a hundred and eighty dollars when it came out. Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's still power. still the price. And it's got a nice speaker in it. It's not a Sonos quality speaker, but it's got a nice speaker in it. 
This one I keep in my kitchen and I have now, I used to have like um, kind of com- nice computer quality speakers up above my kitchen, you know, where you couldn't see them in the cabinets. And this has completely replaced that. It's not a wonderful speaker, but it's good enough. It's a speaker that I can use to connect my iPhone to. It's a Bluetooth speaker, but it's plugged in. So it's powered all the time. You don't have to worry about charging it and things like that. But I use it all the time when I'm, you know, cooking or when I'm in the kitchen and my kitchen is open. So it's open to both my kitchen and my, my living room areas. I have it on the counter right between my kitchen and my living room. And so I use it all the time from my kitchen and my living room. And it's it's good enough to play podcast. It's okay with music, but um, it's just I can summon it from anywhere. So I, I like it. Well, it's even just like for setting a timer while you're cooking. It's nice or play some music or, you know, convert convert uh, units. I mean, it, it does all that stuff just just fine. I mean, there's a couple things about it I like better than Siri. When I first got it, I was almost going to send it back. I got it and I'm like, this doesn't do anything that Siri does. You know, I mean, it's why, why would I need this extra bit of expensive hardware in the house? But the thing I, it grew on me was it's so fast. It recognizes your voice so well and it's more responsive. It, it does a better job than Siri, frankly, at recognizing and responding. And I mean, that has something to do with the fact that there's so many microphones in the device and it's plugged into the wall so it doesn't have to worry about battery. And, you know, there's there's a couple ways they cheat. They also limit the types of input where Siri tries to listen to anything you say and make sense of it. The echo, you have to kind of speak the way it expect, put the words in the order that it expects you to get them or it, it's, uh, it won't respond. But in general, the echo to me is more useful or more responsive than Siri. I, I agree. And I think the Echo gets it right more often than Siri does right now. Yeah. And, and, and the real tell in my house is, you know, I'm the only nerd that lives in my house. My kids and my wife, they, they kind of like this stuff, but they're not as interested in it as I am. I see them using the Echo all the time and I don't see them using Siri all the time. And the Echo is still fairly novel. I, I think it's one of those things where if you have a nerd that lives in your house, the nerd has bought it and the other people who live in the house may have taken to it. Uh, I got the Echo, uh, maybe Mother's Day was, I had a bunch of people over at my house uh, and I had a couple of kids over and they were like 10 and 12 and they loved the Echo. They took to it immediately. They were giving her all kinds of commands from asking her about, you know, things on Wikipedia and geographic information to playing songs. I mean, it, 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 it was cute, but it was almost annoying. It was like, really? Stop. <laughs> well, I actually thought of you when I first started using it because, you know, you're a big Star Trek fan. And one of the things I always admired about this Starship Enterprise was this always present computer. And you didn't need an interface. Your interface was your voice where you could ask the computer anything and it, and she would answer and, you know, be very relevant and on point. And I mean, obviously it was their vision of the future, but the echo really moves in that direction. I mean, doesn't the, the Star Trek fan in you kind of kind of really dig that it's the closest we've come so far it's not there but it's it's close uh, have you asked alexa to make you tea earl gray hot no oh you totally should i will after we hang up <laughs> i don't want to do it to our audience but yeah so it is it's great for that and they have a couple products now they've grown the product line in addition to the echo which is the big one there's a less expensive one that doesn't have as fancy of a speaker in it uh called the echo dot and it does have a speaker because you, you would need a speaker built into one of these for interacting with it. 
but it also has an audio out where if you've got a fancy set of Sonos or, a, a, you know, just a nice speaker already, you can plug into that either via Bluetooth or cable. And that is a, a nice product. It's sold out currently. I was just looking online as we uh, were talking about it, but uh, it's, I think it's in the neighborhood of a hundred bucks. So it saves you a bunch of money and it still gives you all the, the echo functionality. Right. I actually bought the dot first. I bought it very fast, very quickly after it was announced because I wanted to play with the Echo. I was intrigued by the Echo, but the $180 price point of the Echo was just a little too steep. And so I bought the dot. Uh, I played with the dot. I connected it to a pair of external speakers and I loved it so much that within two or three days of having the dot, I immediately ordered an Echo and I use both of them. So the Echo is in my, my main living area and the dot is in my bedroom. And it's wonderful. So the Dot can do everything the Echo does. It just doesn't have the integrated speakers. So you either plug it into speakers or you use it with its own little speaker, which is okay for integrating with it or um, maybe listening to um, just basic spoken word from it. But it's not particularly loud. But I love it kind of getting back to the to the Star Trek thing. I use it quite a bit for home automation. Um, you know, I have Nest thermostats, I have Hue lights, I have Wemo switches. And, you know, David, we, I walked in straight from work to record this podcast and I do this almost every day. As soon as I walked into the house, I said, you know, Hey lady, uh, set the thermostat to 78 degrees. And she said, okay. And when I go to bed at night, I have a fan that I like to, I have a, a light that with an, if this, then that, a Hue light that with an, if this, then that rule, uh, in my bedroom, it comes on about nine o'clock. And so that's just the light that, that comes on by my bedside. And every night before I go to bed, I make two verbal commands. Um, one is um, turn on the fan and the other is turn off the bedroom light. And then I'm ready to go to bed. Yeah, I, I have. I've never said it on the show before, but I have um, an eye issue. I have a, a pretty good case of glaucoma. So every night I have to take these like serious eye drops. They're they're kind of painful, you know, but once you put them in, the doctor says, don't open your eyes, you need to stay your eyes shut. So at night I need the light on to put my drops in. The last thing I do, then my eyes are closed. And rather than fumble around, I use the echo to turn the lights off in the bedroom. And that's just little things like that are really nice that you can have this device take care of it for you. And it's rock solid. It just, it just doesn't fail. And this is what Apple needs to do with Siri, frankly. I mean, to me, it's it's a um, it's a warning call to Apple. Like, you, you guys need to deliver on this. Uh, one of the nice bits of it, I talked about how it's limited functionality, but they have this open API where there's all these other developers getting involved with it. I talked about this on a podcast. I'm not sure if it was on the Mac Power users, but like one of the things it does is it connects to the automatic, you know, our sometimes sponsor. Um, so the automatic has an API connected to the Echo. And the the big joke in my house is, uh, you know, the car that used to be mine is now the family car because I don't leave as much as I used to. So my wife drives that car is probably more than I do. So we never know how much gas is in it. Right. So but I can ask the Echo how much gas is in that car because it's got an automatic in it and it'll tell me. So before we go on a trip, I know if I need to, you know, leave a little early to put gas in the car. Uh, it's just all these little things add up and um, and make it worth the investment. Uh, will Apple come up with a competing product in the future? I think so. Um, will it be as good? I don't know. Honestly, don't know at this point if they're going to be willing to do it in a way that that can compete. 
One of the things that I, I like to do is you can set up a flash briefing and they've got a couple of different um, ways that you can customize that, whether you want more world news, more politics, more national news, more sports-based things. I just use the the standard NPR news briefing and it's about, you know, five to seven minutes of, of just the, the top headlines and it's updated every couple of hours. So one of the first things that I'll do in the morning, just kind of as I'm getting out of bed and, and just kind of fumbling around, is I'll... Because of my, I like, I just like it from Star Trek is I'll say, uh, hey, lady, status report. And she'll start playing the NPR news briefing. I could also say what's what's news or what's in the news or um, what's going on in the world or something like that. But I like asking her for the status report. Do you smile every time you say it? I do. I, I do. bet you do. <laughs> I can. I can totally appreciate that. Um. Uh, and you know, it, it answers, you'd be surprised how often it gets the question right. So I, I don't know, I guess they have a return policy. If you're listening to this, you've been thinking about one, I would suggest getting one and giving it a real try for, I think that's 14 days is the return policy, but um, give it a real try for seven days and don't give up on it the first day because I was ready to, to I literally got the box out. I was ready to pack it up. I'm like, well, I'll just give it another couple of days and now I'm all gushing over the thing. So uh, give it a try. All right. Um, so I think that's Alexa. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we didn't mention what related to Amazon Prime. It's very good at ordering products. Oh, it is very good at ordering products for you. So I can say, you know, order more beef jerky or whatever, you know, and it, 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 it knows what you've ordered in the past. And it will it'll say, OK, well, in the past, based on your order history, you've ordered this product in the past. Would you like me to reorder it? And you say yes and it shows up it's that simple all right so you wanted to talk a little bit about now that we've talked about all the wonderful things that amazon can do there there is a dark side of amazon well um there are challenges i think i mean their their desire is to become the the store of the internet just like when katie said earlier she wants to buy a blu-ray player she doesn't go on the internet anymore she goes to amazon.com and orders it and and searches it out there and um, because of the scope and size of this, the company and the products offerings, there's issues. Um, uh, one of the big ones that's in the news lately, and and I also uh, would recommend, and we'll put in the show notes, a recent episode of the talk show with John Gruber and um, Glenn Fleischman, a guy who's been on our show. Sorry, Glenn. The, uh, but they were just getting into it. So I, I haven't listened to the whole episode yet, but they were talking about the Birkenstock thing. Uh, so, so basically what happened is... Um, Birkenstock, uh, a memo has leaked from Birkenstock. That's a company that makes these um, these sandals, you know, kind of earthy sandals that a lot of people like. And they're pulling out of the Amazon store. And the problem is because there's so many people um, ripping off and and basically copying their products, even putting their own labels on them and making it look like it. So a customer goes on to Amazon. They say, well, I want to get a pair of Birkenstock sandals and they find a pair and they order it and they get them and they're junky and they fall apart and they complain to Birkenstock. And it turns out those aren't even Birkenstock sandals. They're a cheap knockoff made by somebody sold as Birkenstocks on Amazon. And you don't know because you just buy the thing on Amazon. And for a lot of products and companies, this is a huge issue. Mophie's another company. Mophie's had a big one, yeah. Yeah, that has the same thing. Mophie's a company we've talked about on our show. They make batteries. You don't know if the battery cells are really high quality, if they're going to blow up, unless you buy them from a manufacturer you trust. But what happens when you think you did buy it from a manufacturer you trust and it turns out it's just somebody making a cheap knockoff with their name on the case? Um, 
So it's really kind of difficult. I, uh, I wanted to get a pair of headphones, um, about a year ago and I ordered them and they were, uh, I forget the brand name, but it, it had the the proper brand name. I got them and I realized, no, these are definitely not what I thought they were. <laughs> and I got, I got scammed, you know, basically somebody on Amazon selling something that wasn't the right product. So I ended up going to a Best Buy and buying it there because I knew that that is actually the product made by the manufacturer that I wanted. Um, so there's, there's kind of a dark side of Amazon. It's like, what do you do to make sure you're getting the actual product you think you're ordering? Um, uh, I think if you buy it, 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 when you're in the order process, you can see that who's shipping the product to you because Amazon isn't just Amazon. There's a whole bunch of third-party resellers that are in their system. And I try to look for reputable names in there. If it's not going to be Amazon directly, it's got to be a third party that it's a company I know. And that helps. Right. So the, um, I guess the question is, how does this happen? And I, my understanding, and please feel free to write in and correct me if I've gotten this wrong, is Amazon has their own stock of products that they sell. But Amazon also has a marketplace of sellers who will sell products. And I think if, if, if you're not particularly tech savvy, or if you're not really watching where you buy things from Amazon, you just go on Amazon and you search and it is very easy to buy something not direct from Amazon, but from one of these marketplace sellers. And that is something that you're either getting shipped directly from to you from the marketplace seller and never comes from Amazon. So Amazon's never looking at the products that's being shipped. It's never being shipped from Amazon. It's just being shipped from that third party seller. Or now there's an option where these marketplace sellers can have their product fulfilled by Amazon, which basically means that the marketplace seller is telling Amazon, my item is the exact same SKU, the exact same product as what you're offering. They ship their product to Amazon. Amazon commingles it with their stock. And um, when you buy on Amazon, it could say sold by ABC Marketplace, but fulfilled by Amazon which basically means that when you buy that particular product, you're buying ABC Marketplace's stock, but yet it's coming from the Amazon warehouse and you get all of the Amazon benefits like prime shipping and those types of things. And if that manufacturer has misrepresented to Amazon, this is not really a Mophie juice pack, but this is a, a, a knockoff, then Amazon is shipping it to you as though it's a Mophie juice pack. Yeah, as I understand it, they're not really vetting the products. They're not going through and saying, well, we're going to open it up and make sure it has the proper batteries in it that, you know, Mophie would have. They're, they're, they're taking these sellers on their word and not everybody is trustworthy. I have never had any problem when I buy a product that is fulfilled by Amazon and shipped by Amazon. And I think you're much less likely to have a problem when you do that. But I don't know that that's necessarily foolproof. Yeah. I mean, the whole point of all this is saying, well, why can't I just go on Amazon and find the product I want and order it and be done, which makes a lot of sense. But what happens at the point that consumers stop trusting that they're getting what they want, like the pair of headphones I ended up eating it on. And at that point, Amazon becomes a lot less useful. Right. The, um, the other issue that I have often wondered and felt somewhat guilty about is, you know, 
it's less convenient for me to go to the grocery store and buy Tide Pods or to to go to Target. What what Amazon has really cut out for me is I would say like my trips to Target or Walmart or those types of stores. I still go to the grocery store once a week, but it's really cut down on my on Sunday. Yeah, on Sunday. Um, I, it's really cut down on my trips to what would you call Target? Is there a category of stores that Target is? Uh, I guess a big box store. A big box store. Yeah, it's really cut down on my shopping at big box stores. And, you know, obviously there's an argument to be made about shopping local and supporting your local retailers. Even if they are big box stores, they do employ, you know, local people and, and pay local taxes and those types of things. Um, but there's also the the issue of the shipping and the waste that happens. You know, if I run down to Target, I'm I'm burning gas and those types of things to go buy my DVD player. But if I'm buying it from Amazon... There's a lot of shipping and packing and all of those types of things that go into giving my free two-day shipping of my DVD player as well. Yeah, I get it. I mean, I, I don't know the answer to it. And, and frankly, Amazon does some big company stuff. A couple of years ago, they had this big battle with the publishing house Hatchet or Hatchet. I'm not sure how they pronounce it um, over their books. And, you know, reading the stories, it wasn't really super nice, the things they were doing. And I mean, if you just do a Google search, you'll see some of the other battles they've got into over the way they've... Um, some of the people who've written apps that were sold through their Amazon exclusive app store a few years ago, there was a lot of unhappy developers and they're a big company. So, you know, I don't really think that's a reason necessarily not to buy things there, but you should at least be aware of them. I think the biggest buyer beware thing is, you know, there is a real issue right now where, um, you know, the store has gotten so popular and it's become such a target for people that are selling knockoffs that you have to, take an extra few steps when you're buying something from them to make sure you're getting exactly what it is you think you're buying. Right. Well, I know we're running long uh, and we thought this would be a segment of a show, but it's turned out to be a full blood show where this has happened. Um, I want to run through real quick some power user tips. Some of them are ours. Some of them are ones uh, that we have collected from our friends on Twitter. Um, and I'm going to try to do these on rapid fire because I know we're, we're running out of time. But some quick power user tips uh, for using Amazon. And I want to throw out the first one. And that is I fairly regularly use the Amazon marketplace. And we've talked about there can be some cons there as well. But I use it quite a bit as an alternative to eBay, both to buy items at a discount and to sell my own items back. I use this quite a bit when buying and selling used textbooks uh, when I was finishing up that master's program. And I've used it often with care uh, when buying and selling, um, you know, certain types of Apple products. For example, I just bought the Apple keyboard case and the Apple cover for the iPad. Um, those are both fairly expensive products. And I was able to find both of them being sold through Amazon Marketplace in like new condition. They appear to be legitimate, not knockoffs. They were from sellers with very good reputations. And I got about a 25% discount on both. And I suspect these were just people who bought them and didn't like them and turned around and resold them. Yeah. Robert uh, wrote in, he said, for Prime members, you can use Super Saver shipping to get $1 credit on digital items. Uh, that $1 can add up to free ebooks and rentals and other things. So um, uh, when you're picking your shipping, you actually can get digital item credit. And uh, I use that as well. Yeah, I do that a lot because I'll rent movies from Amazon uh, quite frequently. And almost always I, I have enough credit to get a free movie rental if I do it, you know, once a month or once every couple of months, which is good. Uh, Marco says, and I totally agree with this, shop the warehouse deals. Now, warehouse deals is Amazon warehouse deals. These are typically products that um, 
have been returned to Amazon or they're open box products or they're like scratch and dent products, but you can save big on products that are in typically great condition. I have never had a problem with a product I've bought from warehouse deals. Um, in fact, the TV, the current TV that I have, uh, I got about a 20% discount on it from warehouse deals because it had a slight scratch on the back of the TV. Well, the TV is mounted to the wall, so that didn't really bother me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Tara wrote in with a couple tips. Uh, I asked Katie earlier how she figured out that her uh, Jaybird headphones were on sale, and she said she found it on Twitter. But there's apps for this. We've talked about Camel, Camel, Camel in the past on the show, which is a service to kind of track Amazon pricing, let you know when something you're watching goes down in price. Price Radar is another one. Um uh, check out if you if you're going to get into this stuff, you might as well find out. You know, and you're not in any sense of urgency like Katie's headphones. It's nice to be able to give it a little time and save yourself some bucks when the day comes. Andrea says, "Use if this then that recipes to send items that are added to the Echoes shopping and to do list to your Reminders app on iOS." And this is something that I do. It is not foolproof because everything has to be all in sync and has to be active in the background. But it works more often than not. So when I tell uh, the Echo to add something to my shopping list or to remind me to do something, it will often add it to my reminders list on iOS as well. Yeah, we, we didn't mention that, but Echo has a shopping list and a grocery list. I think it has two different lists. And you can, using if this and that, you can direct them to an Apple reminders list. Another thing we didn't mention is Echo has calendar support, but it doesn't support Apple Calendar. So if you're an Apple Calendar, it's it doesn't work. It's a Google Calendar thing. Um, we had a listener write in. I'm not even going to try and pronounce the name. (laughs) O'Keeper. Anyway, uh, suggested using Amazon to rent textbooks for school. Uh, we actually did that with one of my daughter's books uh, we rented because it was a significant savings. It's kind of a, that that's a hit and miss thing. Uh, for some of the textbooks, uh, for school, the, the rental price is just slightly lower than just buying it outright. Uh, for some of them, it's quite a bit, but be aware of that and check it out when you're buying books. Uh, David wrote in and we talked about the Amazon cloud drive storage. You get five gigs for free, but it's one of those other add ons that if you pay and I, I don't have it in front of me, but if you pay an, a little bit more, you can get a, either a bunch more or unlimited free cloud storage. Uh, and David does that. And he says he uses that to back up his Synology to the Amazon cloud drive storage. Uh, and there's got quite a bu- bit up there. Yeah, and we had a lot of people writing in about um, using subscribe and save. Justin buys diapers. Everybody's buying something through subscribe and save. So that that's a good one. If you haven't tried that, go ahead and give it a shot and let us know. Okay, uh, so our little short segment on Amazon is over. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Now you want to get on with the real show? Ah, <laughs> uh, no, I, I I don't. I think we're good. I think we've got enough. Okay. Sounds good. Well, um, uh, thank you to our sponsors today, uh, Smile, Fracture, Squarespace, and Igloo. If you've got feedback for us, and we'll be covering Amazon Lifestyle on the Feedback Show this month, send it on to us. Uh, hashtag AskMPU on Twitter is a great way. Our Twitter handle is MacPowerUsers. Katie's at Katie Floyd. I'm at Mac Sparky. You can also send us feedback to feedback at MacPowerUsers.com. And uh, until next time, uh, thank you for listening. 